Black Girl Known promotes holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We encourage self-care, self-love, and self-empowerment for communities of color. Hey, y'all, it's Lauren Ash and Dion Ivory. And thanks so much for listening to the Black Girl Known Podcast. Hey, y'all. Hey, guys. We're so excited as we are coming to a close with season three. We have such phenomenal guests Mm -hmm. releasing such incredible projects this spring. And we're just like all about sharing it with y'all. Yes, it's going to be amazing. This season has been so Man, it's been the bomb.com. It Seriously, has. we've had some amazing guests, some amazing stories. Y'all been getting y'all's lives. <laughs> yes. And we've just <laughs> felt so affirmed, too. I feel like this has been the season that we've had the most engagement from our community, yes. i.e., all of you who listen. Growth. Yeah. Y'all, it's just wild how many of you all join us for these conversations. Mm-hmm. So if you ever have any ideas about how we can make this even better for you, just shoot us a little note. Yes, Let us know. Do. Absolutely. We're here to share stories that resonate with you. Yes. So, yeah. I'm ready. Let's, let's baby, let's get Let's dive in. Mm. Okay. So we have the golden girl of, of wellness, wellness. <laughs> Candice Kumai, joining us today. Hey, Candice. Hi, guys. I am dying. My hand, <laughs> uh, my hand like went over my like eyes right there. That is my, so cute. My cat is like to my right, like purring up a storm because she loves your voices. So adorable. It's so cute. She's such a girl's girl. It's so weird. But yeah, I mean, I'm so proud of both of you for putting out the truth and your notion in your life over the last few years. Lauren and I, you know, we've known each other for a long time. We've seen each other be in and out of like growth and hardship Mm -hmm. and tough times and the good times. And I think what's so important right now is that we start showing and not telling, you know, we we need to show women as an example, like, Hey, we're the new front line and we have a voice. And if you don't want to hear it, then we'll just start a podcast, you know? (laughs) And that's what you guys are doing. And I'm so proud of you and Dion. This is, an awesome, honorable opportunity. So thank you for having me. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> that was so sweet. Dan and I are both smiling. Can you hear our smile? Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. And I'm like sitting in my bedroom in New York, like with pillows all around me right now. So I feel good. <laughs> you should. You should feel good. I mean, you are on the verge of birthing another incredible project, mm-hmm. which is one of the things we want to spotlight um, in our conversation with you today. Definitely. But you, I, when I first met you, I remember mm. being like, wait, what? She's authored how many cookbooks? And she's drawing from her own personal experience and cultural heritage in doing this. Mm -hmm. And she's like being unapologetically herself in all of this. Like all of these amazing questions came to mind. Um, So let's maybe just start with why are you on this particular path? You're equal parts um, chef, author, journalist, and inspiring speaker. Everything. And you really do look to your own life as a source of inspiration and to your heritage as a source of inspiration. Mm -hmm. So why do you do all of that? I hope you guys know that I'm smiling on the other side over here. (laughs) Um, And as you know, that's not 
easy to do in New York City on a drab, snowy, post-rainy day like this. Um, <clears throat> so I, what I love about our organic story about meeting is that Lauren and I met at a speaking event many years ago. And I'm sure you remember how much I cried at that speaking event, Lauren. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but I was sort of in a really bizarre, broken place at the time, which leads me to how Kintsubi became my life's greatest healer. So yes, it's true. For the last decade of my career uh, after culinary school and being a magazine writer and editor, producer, directing my own content, like I, I was like, oh my God, I've written five books now. And I would still be considered like writing very basic shit and I don't want to do that anymore mm-hmm. because after going through the worst time in my life, which was struggle, trying to make the, the bills, trying to make rent, trying to find the right team, trying to be respected by a boys club, trying to fit in, you know, a white person's world as a half Asian girl that grew up with like immigrant parents. Mm-hmm. All of that was, was not easy, you know, and, and by no means am I a victim of anything. I always say you can either be the victim or the heroine of your own life. And I will always choose to be the heroine of my life because that is at the end of the day, all I've got. So true story. And Lauren, I don't know if you saw this yet, but when you get your book, you're going to see the immersion in Hawaii and Maui is part of the story. Our magical time together. I'm pretty sure I have a selfie of you, me, and Stacy. I need to send to you. Yeah, I love that girl. Yeah, I can't wait to get it. I gotta send it to you. So, and Stacy's half Japanese also. So we have like this common bond of like more of us, even though we are taught to be very quiet and humbled in Japanese culture. If you're Japanese American, you have to stand out and talk. And so after realizing that my work was struggling I was struggling I was going through that horrible breakup um speaking events were hard because all I did was cry when I got to that part where you know the boyfriend left me the day before clean green eats dropped and all that horrible stuff that I went through on my own made me who I am today I realized Mm -hmm. the value in which I give in a relationship I realized that my mother and my father are the heroes in my life that I look up to And I realized that I spent more time with my grandmother on her last waking days holding her hand in the hospital bedside. And if I wasn't present in those moments, whether they were full of sorrow, in Japanese we call it mono no aware, which translates to the pathos in life. It's recognizing that the darkness will always be there. And the darkness helps to keep us moving, to keep us growing to learn to accept. And without that darkness in your life, you will never be able to see the light. Mm -hmm. So the darkness and watching my grandmother then pass over the last few years in Southern Japan with my mother at her bedside was a time of resilience and reconnecting. And I had a wake up call over the last few years that said, my God, you are Japanese American. And if you don't fucking own that right now, you are going to be 45 one day sitting there like, oh my God, I never wrote the book. Mm. 
So a few years ago, I was promoting matcha because it was my job to always promote Japanese ingredients to the American public. And one of the people in the audience at the Japan Society here in New York asked me, when are you, when are you going to write a Japanese book? And I looked at her and I was like, uh, when I decided to get married? Like, I don't know. Same answer. You know, like <laughs> I keep putting off things that I'm a little bit afraid of. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> here we are a few years later. And keep in mind, both of you too have to track your milestones. Like, hell yes, you did you know, black girl and own podcast and hell yeah, you grew and hell yeah, I saw you everywhere and you better own that and be proud (laughs) because we must mark our progress. So the best delivery I think that we can give is find your heritage and your story. And when you start to reveal those layers of your life, like my truth was always being Japanese American. It was Mm -hmm. always being different and it was been it, it was being raised by a buddhist japanese mother and a polish christian father in a completely different universe and it was always being different and my god i don't know why i always wanted to fit in because as dr seuss says why fit in when you were born to stand out mm. come on dr seuss <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> Come on along, Grinch. Yeah, so there's a lot. there. I mean, I can relate to both of you and what you're doing because mm-hmm. you have an incredible platform now and you two are living the Marianne Williamson quote I put in my new book that says, when you shine your light at its brightest, you automatically allow all others to shine around you. And yes. I thank you for doing that as well because I cannot imagine the suppression and the bullshit that both of you have been through just for being a black woman. Like I cannot imagine. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I love, you. <laughs> I, just, I love you. I just, I love you too, Dion. She just, she just drew, drew a heart. heart with her hands and mouth. I love her to me. Oh just my God. So you know. Oh my God. Oh my just God. So you know. No, no. Truth, truth be told, <clears throat> you know, I, my parents raised me with, um, I have a Mexican, godmother and the other set of godparents are filipino my Mm -hmm. mom and dad's best friends were a jamaican woman named cynthia and her husband was swedish and so we were this melting pot of all cultures from the beginning beautiful yeah it's crazy right and like now that my sister and i are both completely open-minded entrepreneurial women she runs her own cycling shop in london she's super tatted up piercings and baby bangs and all that and i'm here in New York writing books and trying to figure out how we can let women break through in the world of wellness and food without having these fucking chains on us. Like, why are we still doing basic content and why are we still watching the same shows that are not thought-provoking or open-minded? And why not let some new talent onto the Food Network shows, you know, like diversify Show us the Japanese food. Show us the Cambodian food. Show us the food of, you know, Ghana or South Africa or, you know, I don't know what's up with that. But I just decided, like you two, I'm going to write my own shit. I'm going to produce my own content. And I'm going to write the books that are not going to sell mainstream. And that is my truth. 
We are snapping over here. <laughs> Dion has thoughts. Yes. Let them be heard, Dion. Go, Let girl. You, you better get it. to the soul. <laughs> no, I am so serious. Like, the way... Oh, oh, my God. Let me collect myself. It's so many things that you touched on, like heritage and, like, owning being, like, a woman of color. And it's very nice to, t- to speak to not only a black woman, but mm. another person of color mm. who deals with, you know, being marginalized and oppressed in different ways and not seeing themselves being represented. And also, like, just owning being different and creating, like, content that is just at invaluable content that may yes. not sell me mainstream but it serves a purpose yes now, right it's meaningful and it's serving the people who need to be served yes. because a lot of times the mainstream people they serve the same the same folk yep. i'm not going you know <laughs> <laughs> the same people all the time but what you do is so necessary yes it's so necessary and it's so affirming to just like Hearing about your backstory of all those, you know, different things that you dealt with and obstacles mm. you faced and seeing you now blossoming and thriving and like living this beautiful, meaningful life, being intentional and like, it's just, g- girl, give me, give me life. Yes. Give me life. Thank give me life. you. I'm going to fill the cup because it's all I've got left. It's all I've got is like, I, I believe in what you two are doing. I feel what you're saying valuable content is content that is thought provoking provokes emotion and helps other people to connect and we can only do that when we take our mask off and when Lauren and I also reconnected it was on this small little part of Hana Maui and it was with 50 other influencers and I remembered writing about this while you know releasing my last tears of that relationship and I think Lauren will remember this too, but what you'll find in Kintsugi Wellness, my new book on Japanese heritage, is in the beginning chapters, Lauren was part of this incredible group as well. And we sat there and nobody raised their hand during this one part of coursework on if anything had come up for them. So my little voice in your brain was like, Candace, you better go talk. <laughs> yeah. Remember this? And I went up to the front of the class and I said, hey guys, I'm, I'm Candace um, from San Diego by way of New York. And about a year ago, my best friend left me and the entire room got very quiet and I started shaking and my palms mm-hmm. started sweating and I'm a public speaker and a TV host and a writer and producer and all that. I don't get nervous. So it was really like my body was releasing and and almost like detoxifying the last like bits and pieces of like letting this go. And I remembered looking out at everybody in that audience still and our teacher said, Candace, put your two hands on your heart right now and I want people to go touch you and I want everyone to touch them. So everybody in the room linked back to my heart and in a way... That was like a human practice of kintsugi, which is the art of golden repair. Recognizing that your cracks, aka the dark times or tough times, your broken times, are the ones that make you who you are. And it is a stamp or a seal or a acknowledgement of growth in a human capacity that only real people will recognize you know, there's a lot of fakies out there that aren't going to get this. And I've already been snubbed by certain TV shows that I normally get booked on, like Candy, 
this time I'm not getting booked because wow. number one, it's they think it's a niche Japanese book. And number two, like we said, this book is me no longer playing small. This, mm-hmm. even though it's niche, it's actually for the people. It right. is service to share my truth and story and how I was raised as a Japanese American girl. I would be putting my culture to shame if mm-hmm. I did not do this book correctly, which is why it took three years to write. Yes. No one else could photograph what I wanted to captivate in these different people. So I shot it myself and nobody else could translate it the way that I was raised. So my Japanese mother, who is a Japanese language teacher in San Diego, California, sat down with me for three years and combed through and edited the content with me. Wow. Yeah, right? And she was always like, this is kind of so much work, extra work for me. (laughs) And I don't want to do this anymore, but the information has to be correct. Or I'm I'm going to be embarrassed by you. (laughs) She kept it real. (laughs) Oh, my God. That was amazing. She kept it real. Oh, yeah. You better believe that woman can't be fake. Yeah. (laughs) That's so beautiful on so many levels, though. Like, and I know, um, you know, I think a beautiful thing about you is the way that you use your digital presence to really share your ongoing creative process. You know, like you spent a significant amount of time in Japan actively exploring and researching the rituals and the beliefs that I know that you've infused in your new book. You know, Mm. you wanted to make sure it wasn't just going to be like writing from afar, writing from these books that you read or writing from conversations that you had. Like you really, really went there and yourself completely. Yes. Like immerse yourself Mm -hmm. in that. Um, What did you learn during like what what's maybe like one or two really powerful stories that really illuminate some of the things that you learned about yourself throughout that process? Oh, my God. I love both of you so much. I (laughs) I have to say there's one chapter that sticks out to me and it will make me emotional because it's hard to talk about. But. There was a couple, Yoshiko and Nobu, that lived in Okinawa that I interviewed through their granddaughter. And she translated for us, and it was my sister shooting the camera and me doing the actual interview. And what they did, Japanese people don't talk about their past or their life, or they don't boast or brag. So the notes that I took down was all information that Marie, my friend who's was their granddaughter, didn't know. But they were both 14 and 15 at the time the Americans invaded Okinawa. And they said that everything was fine one day. It was blue skies, birds chirping. Okinawa is like the Hawaii of Japan. And Mm -hmm. they said one day the ships just showed up and everyone's life changed at that moment. So if you did not honor the Japanese, which... They actually took over Okinawa at that time. Okinawa was its own country before the war. So the Japanese forced the Okinawans to learn the language and to be Japanese, even though they were not. And then they slaughtered you if you did not go with what the Japanese wanted. And then the Americans came in and the Japanese told the Okinawans, the Americans are going to kill you. So um, there were caves that my sister and I went to to visit. And these are not pretty caves. These are 
mosquito and mud and darkness and moist humidity. Like, I'm talking major mosquito-infested caves. My sister and I even got into a fight there because there were too many mosquitoes. <laughs> and uh, we fought a lot on all of these Japan trips. And then um, I during the interview with Nobu and Yoshiko, though, what happened was that Nobu didn't join the army because he had to take care of his family. He was oldest of all the children. Yoshiko told me a story of them having to escape Okinawa to Kyushu, where my mom is actually from in southern Japan. And she said the boat that left before her to escape with a thousand people sunk and everyone drowned. And she had to get on the next boat, knowing that everyone who she knew before had just died. So she courageously wow. made it there. He oh somehow stayed alive and taking care of his family through the starvation and the the suffering of war. And I'm not talking about anything pretty. I'm talking about this is the time just after when Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the bombs were dropped on them. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a country that survived the most suppression as far as atomic bombs goes. The only mm-hmm. country who is so against nuclear warfare because they are so peaceful. And yet you will find them all saying it was life. It was war. We were bad. And they do not complain. They say it is better to be happy. We choose to be happy. We survived. It was war. And so they are very matter of fact, even though they had gone through way more suppression than we will ever see in our lives. And the chapter that I talk about them is, I believe, um, the chapter of Kyotsukete, which means to take great care. And also there is a chapter on Gaman, which refers to with great resilience. You will not see the Japanese people cry or suffering or complaining during the tsunami and earthquake and Fukushima destruction a few years ago, which was the worst earthquake Japan had ever seen, in the Gaman chapter, you will learn that they tolerate with great resilience and they carry on. And that is just what you do. If a child is hungry, the mother will say, Gaman, and the kid will have to learn to be disciplined. Mm. So these are just matter-of-fact ways in which the Japanese people raised us to be. And it's a book on incredible chapters of, so kiyotsukete, take great care, ganbatte, always do your best. Uh, There's shinrin-yoku, the practice of forest bathing, kaizen, continuous improvement, osettai, the gifts in which you will be of service to others, And then a very popular chapter that we're writing about is Wabi Sabi, celebrating all of your imperfections. And then as you guys brought up earlier, there's also Shikata Ganai, which means the acceptance of it cannot be helped. So it's a traditional philosophical look at Japanese life, but it's intertwined with all the recipes I grew up with, which are more Americanized for all of us because I'm a, I'm a Cali kid. Let's not be fooled. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for real. Like, I'm from San Diego. Um, but I also truly went 
and immersed myself into Japanese culture to learn and improve. And I have a picture of my grandmother um, and my family up in my room as I will honor them and their heritage through this book. Because we lost Nobu, who actually passed away a few months after our interview, very sad and unexpectedly. And we lost my grandmother as well during the duration of the writing in this book. So the book is an homage to the Japanese who have set an incredible example for the world to watch. They will not tell you. They will only show you. Which Mm -hmm. is why, as a Japanese-American girl, a child of war, and a writer, I'm the one who has to tell these stories. So interwoven throughout the pages, you'll see interviews with everyone from my grandmother's best friend, Shizuko, who is 96 years old, to, (laughs) yeah, she is a badass, guys. I mean, she told me about her bathtub exercises. Um, (laughs) Deanna, I just looked at her like, please do share. She said she like moves her legs around in the tub for a long period of time for her exercise because... At 96, you can't really do a lot around your house because injuries and, you know, the doctors like tell you to take it easy. So she also eats very healthy. And so there's a story on her, though, accepting that she lost all of her friends and family and into Mm -hmm. her 80s, she realized how selfish she was. And so she had to start over with friendship after everybody Mm -hmm. had died or left her. Um, And so she lives alone and her kids don't really visit her and she doesn't have a lot of close friends anymore. When my grandmother died a few years ago, she cried the hardest out of everyone. Wow. And it was, they were best friends, you guys, for over 65 years. Wow. So they lived, yeah. (laughs) Sisterhood. Right? They lived next door to each other. So it was about uh, reliance and friendship and um, the power of... Friendship in a way that there's a chapter on yui maru, which means your circle of friends, and how you must be good to them. So it's a little bit of a wake-up call book, right? With like very good timing. The timing is perfect. I mean, A, it's spring. So, Mm. you know, just the symbolism behind what that brings, you know, new life, rebirth, new possibilities. Mm -hmm. And then also just this year being a starting over, like I'm really into numerology and this is the year of the 11 and this is Mm. just like truly a new, like a new is is coming in. So yeah, I feel like everybody feels that way. Wait, really you guys? Something in the air. Yes. Yeah. Wait, so how is it year 11 in rebirth? So Two plus zero plus one plus eight equals okay. eleven. And wow. in numerology, you don't add eleven. It's a really powerful number that connects a lot to ideas of like spiritual awakening and like illumination. A lot of like psychic energy. Um, wow. And it's just you know, last year was the year of the ten, and so it was actually the end of a the end of a kind of a. In the way I view it, an energetic or a spiritual decade. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of stuff felt like it was like yes. coming to a crazy wow. around December. <laughs> did it close? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and people just felt a way about 2017. They you sure know? Did. <laughs> so you are divinely connected with some beautiful numerology right now with your book. Yeah. Wow. I had no idea. And, you know, we definitely were going to push this book out last year, the year before. And the the pub date just kept getting pushed because it wasn't done. And 
for anybody out there who's struggling with timing, I think we can all, Dion, Lauren, and I, we can all verify, like, everything is divine, and God will take care of you, and if you are a good person to the core, bad things will still, unfortunately, happen to you, Mm -hmm. but you will overcome, and you will come out even better and more golden with your cracks. Right. Absolutely. Because guess what? The difference between the three of us girls and many other people is that we have lived our life to the fullest. We have taken chances. I will never play fair and small and plain. I will only rebel and do what I want (laughs) and say, no, actually, like today I just wrote about how like, like I'm going to call James Beard out and be like, Hey, I've written six books now and you've never even nominated me for one award. Like what gives, you know? And like, okay, so I don't really need an award to be recognized, Yeah. but at least give the young, you know, immigrant raised diverse girls in this world of food a little bit more slack. I mean, you keep handing these chefs, like these white older male chefs, all these awards. (laughs) And I'm like, like, nobody goes to French Laundry anymore. Sorry, you guys. Like, that's so old. (laughs) You know, we're we're cooking ourselves. We're going to food trucks. We're going to smorgasbord. We're going to, I'm going to go to Chi-Town and come see you guys. And we're going to you know, do pizza and like Pinot nights. Like it's different. Times have changed. P.S. We don't even have any fucking money to go to French laundry. So I don't know why (laughs) people would still write about it, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the message that these continuous, um, you know, awards going to the same types of people are sending out to aspiring chefs or just aspiring, just people who are passionate about food, like food enthusiasts. I'm a food enthusiast. Yeah, <laughs> who who can't be, you know? And I heard from my friends who are aspiring actors and actresses that it's the same way. Like, there's a lot of political bullshit behind the Academy and yeah. who's choosing what. And a lot of it is, like, lobbying in a way. And it's bias. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. not... Like, to not give a female director, like, Best Director Award still, like, that's sad. And we may be saying Me Too and practicing that, because I am all about that, but we certainly haven't shown for that yet. You know, yeah. the turnaround is not there. We're we're at the very beginning. Right. So, it is women like me... I spoke to Lewis Howes a few weeks ago and I remembered him looking at me and saying like, hey, like, what do you really want to like talk about? And I said, well, one of the main things I'd like to bring up is that I know that I live by example and, and I didn't plan this either. But me being a single female that's like crushing the game right now and producing all my own content and really rebelling against mainstream is not me protesting in any way I'm only doing it by showing my artistry and writing Mm -hmm. and directing and producing so it's it's the pushback is in my work like let me show you and another thing I was laughing at earlier like not only can we not afford to buy homes and go to French Laundry and go to your fancy award shows we're so poor that we do podcasts because we can't afford production you know, like, <laughs> wow, yeah, wow. like, Preach. like, look at what the Gen Y and millennials are doing. Fucking yeah. pay attention. Yeah. Like these people, so it is true. Like that's how 
that's how this got so popular. We're right. all so we're on Instagram because we're all broke. Like nobody right. can nobody can afford like wow. to have big fancy websites or have a wow, have wow, a wow. series. But it's true. Like there's so many more. The three of us, forget it. We are we are blessed. You yes. know, yeah. Like we Absolutely. are blessed because we got into the game at the right time. Mm-hmm. But for all those other girls that are looking up to us, I fear for them. And instead of just fearing, in my actions, I will work with charities. Every single year I work with several. The Resolution Gala, the Japan Society, the Wellness in the Schools, Dr. Oz's Health Corps, in nutrition, in wellness. And then I'm, I'm very conscious of the writing that I do for Well and Good and Girl Boss because I want to make sure that we're getting the girls the best yeah. content possible. Yeah. And it's not fucking clickbait. It's stuff that will stick with them. Right. And when you're having a bad day, you can remember Wabi Sabi. Yo, mm-hmm. you're not perfect. Neither am I. Neither is she. Right. Neither is he. Fuck him and move on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am weak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that yeah. is great. <laughs> this is a really important conversation for us, though, too, mm. because, you know, while us on the team at Black Girl and Home are all millennials, um, I have a, a personal passion. I'd say several people on the team, including Dion, mm-hmm. have like a, a not so secret agenda to be reaching the generation that's coming after us yeah. because. It's, it's really encouraging. Like when I speak at colleges um, yes. and also at high schools, like I am actually seeing that young women are generally speaking more exposed to ideas of self-care and wellness, mm-hmm. but it's still often in that trendy yep. kind of clickbait way that you were speaking to. And so I feel like this personal conviction to, as you were saying, creating work and meaningful work that really matters mm-hmm. and will really resonate because quite honestly, we might be the only ones that are sharing that with them yeah. at this point, yeah. you know, like yeah. <laughs> we all grew up with physical education, you know, like we all grew oh up God, knowing that it was important to move your body in some right. way. Whether or not you did it was another thing, but we all grew <laughs> up with that. Now, yes. I don't know what, the, I don't know, mm. I don't know. Girl, I'm just as lost as you are, child. <laughs> I lost. know. And then that's not even speaking about nutrition or mm. mindfulness, but it's just like, mm. we really are the ones to be able to expose these children, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, to like the wellness lifestyle or like them knowing that they have options yes. or like mm. even researching their food. You know, mm. th- those yes. are things I never grew up. What? I'm just yes. going to eat what's in front of me. Yeah. Seriously. Right. So the other thing we should really note to young girls is like, dude, be you, do you. And also just be kind along the way, because although being kind and the bigger person is always going to be the harder thing, it is mm-hmm. the right thing because in life, You never know what somebody else is going through. And to be gentle and loving and warm, you don't have to be overly, but it does make life a little easier when we let up on one another a little bit. Mm -hmm. And um, to remember to support women, particularly women of color and immigrants and refugees, because these people are put into positions not by choice, but and it also could be for the uh, all the other communities like that are being discriminated against right now, like LGBTQ, right. like these these kids. Like I, my heart just pours for them because the discrimination that everybody is facing, the mm-hmm. fear that this really dumb president is putting into people, and the yep. nonsense that he is saying. 
We cannot forget that our young women and children are seeing this person as our president. Yes. And the mixed messages that they're getting, we have to be the women to say, hey, this is one man's very ignorant point of view. It is certainly not the world's point of view, which is another reason why I wrote the book was, it is the truth of Japan. It is my family's way of teaching children how to sort of grow up and how you can become the best person you possibly can mm-hmm. without even really trying. It's just daily practices. But in the end, I I agree with you guys. Like 2018 is a year of change. And if you're not out there making a difference, you need to think about at the end of the day, did you do something good? Do you feel good about your day? Mm-hmm. Did you help someone? Mm-hmm. You know, we can't go through this lifetime being so selfish and thinking that everybody that's out there getting an award on the red carpet is fucking special. You know what? There's a lot of people working at community centers, bread yep. lines. There are people that are helping refugees every day that are that are on the front line our military, like veterans, there are people out there who have suffered and helped others along the way. And my father always says, if you are able to help somebody, help without question. Do it devoutly and do it with no expectation of anything ever in return. And my God, do it with grace. Mm -hmm. Just be of good use. Wow. That's why it's so important to like make sure that you're doing whatever you're doing from a place of love. Yes. Because like even like we spoke about the academies and like, you know, people not receiving certain awards for things that they should be receiving awards for. At the end of the day, like you cannot let like um, a lack of awards or a lack of like um, being noticed mm. by, you know, white men or whoever, you know, deter mm. you from doing what it is that you're supposed to be doing or, call, or called to be doing. Um, and so, like, even if, like, Black Girl and Gnome, like, I don't, if, if, if nobody, you know, promoted Black Girl and Gnome and we didn't get mm. the love, I still would feel just as amazing as I do right now mm. because I'm changing so many. It's, it's about the look on people's faces. It's about their lives being transformed. Yes. That's the ultimate reward. Yes. You know, it's like, I mean, yeah, cool, award, great, you know. But it's like, <laughs> what is it really doing? You know, mm-hmm. like, when I die, I, mm. you know, and, and if people had something to say about me or Lauren or whatever, I want them to say, this woman changed my life. Yes. I would not be the same had I not encountered Black Girl and Gnome or read about, you know, oh, I can change my diet and, you right. know, cure myself of this or whatever. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's... That's what's most important. Mm-hmm. That's the legacy that I want to leave behind. Yes. And for anybody out there, you're an artist, a creative, a writer, whatever you're doing, make sure that you are working from a place of love, you know, because love, it always returns to you. Yes. You know? Always. Always. That's so true, Dion, and important for us to note, like, <clears throat> we, I always say, leave a legacy, not just some pretty Instagram page, because content right now is it used to be just magazines and newspapers and when dot com came and blew up and instagram came up and blew up but Mm -hmm. it takes a real woman and a real fine graceful woman to use her brain and to write content that matters and evokes change and stands Mm -hmm. up for others and says actually it's time for you to recognize other people that are doing great things in this world. 
Yeah. And our media chooses to focus on this like weird trial of Donald Trump having an affair or, or these events that are really irrelevant to our everyday lives. And so when my father found out that I, I was in Tokyo studying for this book, um, studying under a, a chef, Elizabeth Ando in Japan when Trump was elected and I was fucking devastated as everybody was. But I was on text with my girl gang in Cali and I had a bag of chocolate chips in my hand and I ate all of them and I cried. Because <laughs> you had and to. True story. Yeah, right. All true story. The only English speaking channel I got in my hotel room was CNN. And my friend Sajal, who is an Indian American, wrote, oh my God, you guys, he is going to be our president. And when she wrote that, because she's a very matter of fact publicist girl. Mm-hmm. I absolutely freaked the fuck out and called my parents who were in California just living their normal life. And my dad was like, what? Huh? What happened to you? Are you all right? Are you okay? Like they thought something happened to me because I couldn't stop breathing. And then the next day my dad wrote this very thoughtful letter to my sister and I, and it's called Dear Daughters. And I actually wrote it on my blog for everyone to read the next day and Mm -hmm. put it on Instagram Because he said, remember, in no way will a politician ever affect your daily life. Other people will be president, including a woman. You will not let this person affect your everyday life, which is the same way that we should tell every young girl out there, do not let Instagram affect your life. Mm -hmm. I do it. You both know you do it. We all do it. We can't allow little things to change who we are. Yep. And that's why I've chosen over the last few months to like post less, but more good content. So yes. like, let's do more good in a, in a sort of like well thought out execution mm-hmm. because Lauren, like you, you guys know your worth, right? And mm-hmm. both of you are incredibly talented and smart and beautiful and doing big things and lots of young women are watching you and so to be the example but to actually truly live and be the example is what I commend both of you for doing and sometimes I think about how hard it would be to be a young African-American in like living right now it's probably life is probably coming from a totally different perspective right and so yeah yeah, it I can't even imagine but I want you guys to know like the Asian American community I can speak on behalf of many of us we recognize it and we're we just happen to be raised to be more quiet and like not to speak up Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and at least I know that for the Japanese. Like sometimes mm-hmm. I can't say all the Asians are like that because some other Asian cultures are very loud. Yeah. But for the Japanese, it is about being quiet and being of example and mm-hmm. watching how graceful you two have been. I mean, to to bring together the light that you both do in a time of darkness for so many people is so wonderful and the fact that you did it from the bottom like you started from the bottom like for real yeah that shows girls that they can do it too right (laughs) (laughs) wow yeah it's it's really beautiful just receiving these affirmations from you too because 
it's something you know when you're just in it you just do you know exactly you were like I have to write these books so I'm gonna write these books and regardless of the support I do or don't or do not receive I'm going to write this book you Mm -hmm. know Mm -hmm. and same with Dion and I individually and collectively with the work that we do it's like Dion was like I need to shoot and and really document Mm -hmm. black women's beauty in ways that it has not been shown before and in the way that only I can do and I'm about to figure it out with this camera (laughs) (laughs) and for me I was like okay I need to start this community that is centered on black women and our healing and our wellness and I don't know anybody here but this woman Janice says that she has a living room where I can start the session so I'm gonna start that here Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love Mm -hmm. that organic like and I love that Dion's Instagram says get off of here and go read your bible you know like (laughs) that is so cute and my father would be like oh hell yeah because oh my god yeah he Daddy. stopped going to a catholic church a long time ago because he's like i just want to learn from the bible and that's it yep. so yep. he started going to a church that like reads directly from the bible and is more like of an evangelical kind of spirit and then my mother is still a practicing buddhist so mm. like we we grew up in this household of like everyone is love you are love i am love and yeah. and we can love each other one time this guy on a search trip a long time ago was like, are your parents getting married, essentially, them both saying that their religion is bullshit? And I was like, no, I don't think so. Wow. I was like, I think that, yeah, it was really weird for him to bring that up. And I was really young, so, like, I didn't explore that time in my life yet. And if anybody listening is, like, a young spirit, you have to remember the reason why Dion and Lauren and I talk about deep shit is because we've lived it and we're a little older. And and with age mm-hmm. comes a lot of wisdom and thought yeah. processing and sort of being more mindful and present. So now that I think about it, I think my parents, we they met under completely like crazy circumstances. Dad was drafted into the Navy. If you didn't want to get slaughtered, he said, you join the Navy. Wow. He was stationed in Yokosuka, which is very close to Tokyo. And there's this giant Buddha, the Kamakura Buddha, that all of you should go to. It's in a coastal city in Tokyo. One day my dad and Sorensen and one other guy, they went off the ship and they went sightseeing to Kamakura. And they saw this really pretty, beautiful Asian woman with long, dark hair. And my mother being a school teacher in Japan, um, who was super Japanese, was like, well, I just wanted to practice my English with them. And they kind of approached me to help show them around. And I was like, okay, yeah, right. And... (laughs) I interviewed them recently on how they met, and I was like, so, Mom, what did you think about Dad? And she's like, you know, it's kind of cute. <laughs> so, exactly. So it's so cute, you guys. So, you know, that's that's how they met. And then there is a really funny story about how my dad actually slept in on the ship the day they were supposed to meet and stood her up for over an hour, so she just left. And it also goes to show you that, like, if you never give somebody another chance, just just out of grace, mm-hmm. um, you never know. So, like, mm-hmm. as children of war, my sister and I were never told to do good. We just mm. watched my parents our entire life. So there's, I love that. Yeah, there's a chapter in the book, too, that speaks of children watch and learn by what their parents do, not by what they say. And that right. is a Japanese saying. Yes. Yes. Very true. 
as a 30 year old woman there are certain things that I'm doing in my life now and I'm like where'd this come from and I look to my parents and I'm like mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. and it's not it's not things that they told me to do but just I'm repeating that behavior or exactly those actions yeah for better or for worse <laughs> but that's why I go to therapy right 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 I am doing that's great though I need to be going I need to be going yes. to therapy too <laughs> so Candace, this has been so rich and beautiful um one thing I, I think that would be really beautiful to end on is um, this idea of what it means to be divinely creative. Mm. So all month long, um, we are focused on a new theme at Black Girl Gnome, mm-hmm. which is on what it means to acknowledge that our creativity is connected to you know a higher source. Yeah. Right. Um, and that we are oftentimes channels and vessels for the work and for the art and for the expression. So for you, it sounds as though, you know, your ancestors are definitely a source of all of this wisdom that you're now sharing with us. Um, But how do you connect with this idea of what it means to be creative and divine? You know, I love that you two are focusing on that because spirituality, art, and love, and this divine timing are all parts of the direction where I've sort of taken my work. So instead of like pursuing that Food Network show or writing really basic books that nobody needs or continuing to write the hot sex now cover lines at Men's Health and Women's Health, which are magazines I both love and still contribute Mm -hmm. to, I decided to derail and just go like off onto the beaten path of like heritage. And I will be that first girl that chose to go off of the path of least resistance onto the path of the unknown in which I explored the war. I honored my ancestors. I dug pictures of my grandparents out of their house before the last time we ever got to see it. Um, It's probably going to get bulldozer down now if it hasn't already for other apartment buildings to get built up um, in its place. It is the house my mom grew up in. And what it basically signifies is the process of time and healing and evolution in which being a Japanese American girl, we must learn to accept who we are even if we are different and we must say there is a purpose to my calling and mm-hmm. my calling is like nobody else's mm-hmm. so I sit in my apartment in Brooklyn on many occasions like drowning in emails and phone calls and meetings and conf calls and deadlines and bullshit and sometimes mm-hmm. I'm like this is all crap like this is this is not even what I want to do And what happens when you start hitting success is you get so pummeled in administrative, financial, and scheduling crap that you forget why you even got started. Mm. So I made it a priority to like meditate and work out once a day, spend time with my cat who's like 16 now. I've had her since college. That's what happens. That's what happens. Say hi, Cease. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> we got another special guest right? with us today. Oh, Cece's been with us. He, she is yeah. loving it. 
She's like, love it, girl. Um, She's so chunky. But that's what happens when you take good care of something, too. It's like 16 years. And and what I was saying earlier was like I told Lewis Howes how like I want every girl to know they are complete on their own. They no longer need a man to complete them. They may have thought that at some point, right? So when you are complete, you will attract the most amazing man, woman, lover, whoever you want into your life. All of it. Mm-hmm. Sweeter the honey, the more the bees will come and you will Ooh. attract more. Ooh. Yeah. I like that. I like right? that. So instead of focusing just on deadlines, manuscripts, new content, photography, imagery, videos... I am starting to figure out how to dial back to do more of what I love. So that includes travel, cooking, being with mom and dad. And I would like to move back to California soon and find a a mate and a house and maybe have kids. Yeah, it's crazy. We are believing with this, with you. Thank you. I hope the same for you two. And I hope that you both get to crack open the book and find your divine purpose within the lines because you two have so much potential and for everyone listening the universe and the galaxies and just god and all spiritual beings have so much to offer you if you listen and do their service and you humbly and gracefully accept your calling in which mine was to be a messenger of Japanese-American culture to bridge and sort of fill the gaps of Kintsugi globally all over the world. So That's beautiful. It's cool, right? The book's going to be published in um, Arabic, Turkish. The Netherlands is picking it up. Brazil picked it it up. Thanks, you guys. It's the first time this has ever happened, which, like you said, 11, 11, 11. This is like the year... Yes. Shit is happening. I just yes, uh, it is. A little scary. You guys, a little scary. So I want people to know that too. Like in divine timing and spirituality, when you know your calling, it might scare the shit out of you, and it might take Mm -hmm. you a few more years to get it. Mm -hmm. Like I had this calling. It's in all of you, but you may not be able to pick up on it until you're ready. So don't do it premature. Don't take off all your clothes and be a good, be a good person, you know, like just do, do the work that matters and while you're at it, help each other. Yeah. All for that. Hmm. Candace, thank you so much. Thank you. You're so welcome. In Japanese culture, we say, do itashimashite. I was going to try to, like, you know, repeat you, but I got lost. We'll take some, we'll take some lessons, we take and then our lessons. next podcast episode next season with you, we'll bring you back. Yeah. And we'll back. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we need to do it in person, too. Yeah. And yes. get that pizza. That so great. In California. Yeah. Yes. It's happening. It's done. I don't know if so, you guys can hear her, but she for, says. Oh, the kitty? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, for our community, where can they stay in touch with you and, you know, get your book and and just connect? Wow, I'm so excited. Okay, so you guys are coming out, like, we're coming out so soon with this podcast. So the book, Kintsugi Wellness, drops April 17th, but you can pre-order it now 
I met Candice Kumai on Insta. C-A-N-D-I-C-E-K-U-M as in Mary, A-I. It's Candice Kumai like Shumai. And also my website's just CandiceKumai.com. C-A-N-D-I-C-E-K-U-M as in Mary, A-I.com. Um, I have a couple other projects in the works, but I am... Again, like we've been talking about, I'm allowing sort of like every day to just mindfully and gracefully guide me to the next steps. I'm thinking about writing a book on Wabi Sabi um, and spiritually connecting back to more of those ancestral stories so that we can learn from our ancestors rather than trying to create new shit like charcoal lemonade and yoga pants. Yep. Say it again. <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> so grateful for you. And we can't wait to crack open your book. I know. I have a digital great. one I've been browsing and getting my entire life. I'm going to browse it too. Mm-hmm. I get it. Thanks, <laughs> Dion. I know. I need to get you guys both the book now. So for sure. And thank you both for your service to your community. I know you don't see and feel the results all the time, but... I've been watching you guys, and I am so proud to call you both friends. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. We'll talk to you soon, Candace. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Hey, guys. To stay in touch, be sure to join our email list at blackgirlandome.com. Follow us on Instagram. Say hello to us on Twitter. And like us on Facebook at blackgirlandome. There are so many great stories that people of color, women, and queer folks want to tell but don't have a place to share them. Post Loudness, our podcast collective, wants to create a community of unique voices and audio. Love to James T. Green, Cher Vincent, and Alex Cox for creating Post Loudness and letting us be a part of it. Special love also to Aline Kaze, our audio engineer, to Khalid B. and Peter Espenson for the music you hear throughout the show. And thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to breathe easy.